Business Tech Weekly, podcast episode number 39. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Andy Traub. We're here each and every week to give you a little bit of the insights of what's going on in our own personal business journey. We share the technology tools and tips that we use to make us more productive, more efficient, and yes, even more profitable in what we do. You know, some weeks I start off the show and I sound like that's completely rehearsed. And other times I just totally blow it. So what's up, my friend? I uh, just got back from vacation with the family. Yeah, Came we, back a couple days early. Where'd you go? And we, were, we were in Indiana. No, I did not come see you. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, I wasn't here. <laughs> that's right. You weren't here. There. Anyway, uh, we were in Indiana. Went to Indianapolis. Surprised my parents. They did not know what uh, we were coming. And uh, had an awesome time with our kids. Went to the Children's Museum, which doesn't sound like a lot of fun until you've taken your kids to the largest children's museum in the world. Oh, yeah. It's a great children's museum. That's an awesome place. So, uh, yeah, just had some great time with my family and a safe July 4th and a lot of driving in the car. But had plenty of time to spend with my wife and just uh, just good to get away. Very cool. Well, we had a wonderful vacation myself and... Headed down to the Smoky Mountains, spent the weekend on the on the lake at the lake house and going up into the mountains. My wife and I and our entire family of five climbed up to the top of Klingman's Dome, which is nice. uh, I think it's the highest point in the Smoky Mountains, uh, right on the borderline of North Carolina and Tennessee. I absolutely love that area. Love it. Love it. Love it. It is gorgeous. Yeah. So anyway, what's going on in your business, man? Well, you know, I'm really, I'm just uh, just getting back in the swing. Literally, this morning is my first time that I've been back at it in a week, really. And I uh, was able to, uh, uh, Stephen Cross, who's part of our communities, uh, I sent a, a, a tweet out about how I'd love to borrow someone's MiFi signal if they had one or a MiFi little thing from Verizon. And he's like, hey, you can borrow it. So I had internet in my car. For my iPad and all that kind of stuff, and, and hotels that had lousy connections, so had, I was able to do some work while I was gone, but not nearly as much as I get done when I'm, you know, in my office. So right. business is good, and uh, I'm just excited to to hit the ground running. It's uh, I think I've kind of forgotten what it's like to not like your work because I really, you know, I'm just sort of I love my family, I love my wife, but I love my work, so it's just fun to get back at it. Good to good to get back to business that quickly, and good to get back to making money. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this: um, Do you sometimes, when you come back from vacation, have a hard time getting back into the swing of things? I think I used to. I don't know. I'm I'm just. This is the first vacation I, I uh, my family and I have gone on since I started my own business, and uh, I don't know. I I feel like I'm. There aren't enough hours in the day right now for me to do the stuff I like to do. So I don't know. I Maybe in the past I, I had a hard time getting back into it, but I'm just really excited about stuff I've got coming up and going on and 
you know, today's been a very full day and I'm only going to work till about three o'clock. So, uh, I don't know. What about you? Do you have a hard yeah. time getting back? Uh, the last few times I have, yeah, I, I, I sometimes deal with these th- this thing called post-vacation blues. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know why it is. I, I'm, I don't ever really typically feel like I desperately need a, vi- uh, a vacation. Right. And I'm, ty- I'm the type of person uh, who, who really enjoys working. I, I, I really do. I, I like it a lot. And sometimes it's a, you know, I, I go on vacation, I have withdrawal symptoms. I'm like, man, I wish I could really go work on a project that's on my mind right now. Uh, yeah. so I, I get that feeling, but then all of a sudden what happens is it takes me about, uh, it takes me about a day to really completely unplug and say, you know what, I'm here to relax. And, mm. and I'll tell you what, there, there was this time where, uh, I, I'd say most of the day, uh, most of the afternoon and the evening on Saturday, all day Sunday and, and even Monday on the way home, I was just like, I was noticing things that I'd never noticed before. Like for example, uh, my family's lake house is way off the road and, and I'm driving back this road that we've driven back. I don't know, hundred times. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but I mean a lot back sure. and forth. It's a, it's a long road from the main road to my parents' lake house is, is, is like a, it's a 15 to 20 minute drive. Uh-huh. So, but anyway, um, I'm sitting there every single turn. I'm like, am I on, I, I know I'm on the right road cause I know I haven't missed any turns, but in the past, all I recognized were the turns. But this time I'm <laughs> noticing like trees and I'm noticing, you know, brushes and, 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 you know, or, you know, brush and I'm noticing cleared out paths and, and just really taking it in. So, I mean, I was really relaxed for, for probably the first time in a very long time this time. And, awesome. and I found myself just wanting to just maintain that total reva- relaxed, calm, mm-hmm. peaceful mm-hmm. feel. And so much so that when I came back on Tuesday, it's like, you know, luckily I, I know to plan for this. So I, you know, we came back Monday evening and on Tuesday I booked zero consulting calls. Because huh. I knew I wasn't going to be ready to jump right back into it. And, and gotcha. I, Tuesday, I'm like, you know, I just don't feel like doing it. I just want to sit back and I want to just enjoy life today. I don't want to do anything. I, it's just, <laughs> I, just, I got kind of used to just sitting back. But instead, what I did is, is I think right around 10 o'clock in the morning, I went out for a three and a half mile walk and got my blood pumping and stuff like that. And I found that getting that walk in really helped getting helped boost my creativity and got me back into thinking. And it's like, Oh, Oh. And when I get back to the studio, I'm going to do this. And when I go back to the studio, I'm going to do this. And, and then I was, I worked the rest of the day. But when I woke up on Wednesday morning, I had the same issue. I wasn't ready to just jump right back in again. I still felt like I was in this vacation mode. And so I did the same thing. I went out for another three and a half mile walk and it got my mind into it. Now I'm back. I I mean, you know, hello, Cliff is here, not just physically, but mentally as well. (laughs) I'm ready to work. I'm ready to take my business to the next level. Let's go. Uh, My friend, Jonathan, uh, sent me a Twitter message yesterday and says, maybe you found a new normal, per, you know, new balance for yourself. You know, maybe you've, you're starting to understand you don't have to have that go, 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 go feeling all the time. And, uh, I, I you know, that's something I'm going to be pondering because I, I do feel like there's probably some place in between the two extremes that I, I, I find myself living in, you know, sitting back completely laid back, don't have a care in the world. And, you know, feeling like every single care in the world is on my shoulders. So I just need to find on, uh, 
doing that? Well, uh, it's it's fun to uh, it's fun to have different rhythms. I think. I mean, a lot of people just you know they live for Friday and hate Mondays, and you know it was fun for us to go on vacation. We were actually going to stay longer. We just decided to come back, but not because for any other reason that we were just you know we were tired of being in a hotel. So it's it's nice to have that freedom. And uh, I don't know. I thought I thought of you and your business a lot, and in our show while I was out, and uh, just the freedom that that our businesses provide us, and the ability to spend more time with our families. Which you know, I love my clients. Uh, I love what I do, but I don't do what I do just for that. I do it so I can spend more time, be available for my family, and it's nice to nice to nice to get away. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what was cool is that while I was gone <clears throat> on my weekend getaway, my virtual assistant was handi- handling uh, a, an issue that had come up with one of uh, fulfilling one of the equipment pieces uh, in an order that a client had already paid me for, and uh, she took care of that while I was gone. I have fully automated my products at podcastanswerman.com slash products and uh, made uh, several sales, which I didn't have to do anything for at all yeah while i was gone in fact uh, I, I you weren't here last week so you didn't get to hear this but i i've got my e-junkie set up to where it emails me and every time that email comes in that i've made a sale uh it gets forwarded to a an application on my iphone called boxcar that then i can assign a sound effect to so every time <laughs> i make a sound or make a sale on my website my yeah. my my iphone makes a cash register sound <laughs> i love it and my and my kids said, you know, hey, Dad, are, are you, are, you know, Megan says, hey, are we going to be able to go see Eclipse again? And I said, I, t- <laughs> I said, I tell you what, if 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 my phone fo- if my phone uh, dem- if my phone says indicates that we make two sales on the on the way down here, uh, then <laughs> then we'll go. I'll take you to see Eclipse again. And she goes, oh, I, she goes, was that a cha-ching, Dad? Every time I would get like a Twitter message, and I'm like, no. And then all of a sudden, the phone went cha-ching, and she goes, yes, a sale. And so my kids love it now. Well, yeah. you know, it's so interesting, Cliff is, and, and I, I got to spend some great time with my dad, who I love very much for all the hard work he put in. And I think I've told the story before, but for those of you who pick up on episode 39, my dad worked for most of his life for the same company. And they promptly fired him at the ripe old age of, you know, 58 or 59. Um, and just to know that my kids are going to have a different perception of work and how to make money. Right. You know, my dad would leave when it was dark in the morning and get home when it was dark at night. Not every night, but a lot of nights. And um, he was a great employee. But, you know, companies, you know, they're about the bottom line. And he only made money when he was working. And I love him for all the hard work he put in, but... You know, I want my kids to know that there's different ways to make money and to leave sort of a different legacy of work. And it's just kudos to you for for teaching your kids that you can make money while you're driving a vacation. You know, absolutely. And the other thing I'll tell you about that is remember I was to- telling you that I had this idea of the coaching groups and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and you know I'm not completely turned off to that idea yet, but I I had time to process that. And in fact, anybody who's listening to this, uh, you're probably at least in the uh, in, in the podcasting feed. This is a plus member only episode. But uh, if you're listening to this, then I want to certainly encourage you to listen to podcast answer man or not podcast uh, pursuing a balanced life. And let me get the podcast episode because I'll tell you, you, you you're going to get a huge smackdown of everything going on in my mind. Uh, this was that July 6th. This is when I was out there walking 
and I was trying to get my business mind focused back. July 6th, it's episode 472, and it's titled Inside My Mind, all right, which is a scary place to be sometimes. But this one, I don't think, for, especially for somebody who's looking into business, I encourage you to listen to episode 472 of Pursuing a Balanced Life called Inside My Mind. And in this episode... I share that I've really been processing the thought of, you know, that $20,000 a month bringing, you know, you know, getting 40 people who would pay 500 bucks a month each. And I thought to myself, wait a second, I would be creating yet another revenue stream that would be dependent upon me showing up and being available on a consistent basis. Yeah. And I'm not opposed to those kind of income streams. But I really, before I go into anything into that nature again, I need to put that on a back burner and I want to continue to build revenue streams that will continue to produce ongoing income, in the, including be, and beyond an event such as maybe a hospitalization or or uh, an injury or... In, or Europe. Or, yeah, or a trip to <laughs> Europe or, you know, even for my family, if something were to happen to me and I died, I want, be, I want to have some things that, that I build into my business now. I've got this free time that I've, I've built in. I've got all this margin that I've built into my business uh, that I want to continue to focus my energy on things that don't require me to show up every single day to continue to bring up that income. Instead, I'd rather spend, you know, I'd rather spend 15 hours working on one project oh, that, yeah. that's going to take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get it all put together. But then that's something that can generate, you know, maybe a thousand to three thousand dollars a month, not just in its first month, but every month from then on out. Absolutely. So I, I just wanted to give that update. I, I, I that was a, groundbreaking thought that came to my mind. It's like, you know what? I need to continue to uh, focus in that area. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard because I don't mean to diminish other people's work, but you know, we're just trained to work in that, that way. I, to work is to be present in a lot of people's mind and you know, that's dollars for hours and that only goes so long. So only goes so far. So you got some things in the outline here. I'm interested in hearing what you mean and when you actually say if they're on Twitter then you probably don't suck. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And here's my story. I was going from my wife and I decided to drive uh it's a 2-day trip back from Indiana to South Dakota. So it's about 15 hours. So we tried to drive the most on the first day. So we tried to drive 8 or 9 hours on the first day, which was going to put us about in Des Moines, Iowa. And you know, being a tech savvy guy, I am I thought, "Hey, I'll use this as a little test uh, of some brands, and I'll also use it as maybe a way to save some money. So I sent out a Twitter message, and it just said something to the effect. I could pull it off, but I won't. But uh, wife and I are going to be in Des Moines, Iowa area tonight uh, looking for a hotel. Any, any deals out there? And I put, please retweet. So a couple people retweeted, which I appreciated. And I had one person send me just a link to uh, search you know, just like I would do on Orbit. So that was, I mean, it was helpful, but it wasn't a huge help. I, I, I already did that. But I had a hotel send me a, a message and said, you know, come stay with us. Here's our, here's our Twitter page for reservations. And it was like countryends.com slash, and then their town slash Twitter. And so I went and it was very, it was obvious it was built for a, a mobile, for a, for a cell phone because it was very sparse, the page. And it's basically what day you're getting there, what day you're getting back, 
or what day you're getting there, what day you're leaving, and then there's two rates. And they're very good rates. But I'd already made a reservation somewhere else, and so I stuck with it. And the hotel we stayed at was junk. It was, we'll never stay there again. And I got to thinking, uh, and I'll put this in a blog post this week, but you know, if you take the time to monitor your brand or those keywords, which is probably hotel in Des Moines or something like that, then you probably don't suck. <laughs> and so the whole point of that is, if you're going to go to the effort to monitor your brand, then that tells me that you're proud of your brand. You're not hiding behind anything. Right. Because that, that's another touch point. And I know that might sound you know, blatantly obvious to a lot of people who listen to us, but if you're a business owner, you know, I can just tell you that if you're not monitoring your brand, know that people might be saying bad stuff about you and you don't know it, or you're just flat out missing opportunities. You know, I will stay at that hotel next time I go through Des Moines because if they are the only ones out of hundreds of hotels in that area that sent me a message back, to me that communicates, hey, we're trying to draw people in. Because here's the other part. If they're smart enough to be on Twitter, they also understand Twitter enough to know that if they did stink, that I would tweet about it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm not going to rip on their brand. In fact, I'll say nice things about their brand without even staying at their hotel. So just, I thought, a good example of a business using Twitter and the fact that I should have stayed there, and I regretted it. I'm sick right now. I kind of have a cold because I, I went to bed in this hotel, uh, and i healthy, and I woke up sick. And I think the air was just nasty in there. So uh, I didn't stay there, and I should have. So sorry, country and suites, whatever you are in Des Moines, but Do you have I'll their be there Twitter ID? Time. What's that? Do you know their Twitter ID? Uh, I don't. You know what? Let me, let me pull up my Hootsuite uh, real quick. All right. So he's going to pull up his Hootsuite and look at his at replies and probably find them real quick. What, yeah, but, there it is. It's yeah. Country in Clive. Country in I-N-N-C-L-I-V-E. There you go. So and if it you said, can, check out our Twitter special rate at countryins.com slash C-Live Twitter. And uh, there you go. I should have stayed there. Sorry, Country in Clive. Very cool. And if anybody's in Des Moines, that's a place you might want to check out. Absolutely. Tell them I sent you. See that? <laughs> Tell them, they'll leave the light on. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. That's somebody else. Oh, well. It works. You anyway. Get the idea. <laughs> okay. What's this next thing here? Uh, products, membership sites are coming from Andy, and it's easier than you think. Well, I hope that our show is sincerely encouraging to people and business owners. We don't want to just be above their heads and think that you know we have so much success. And you know we want to we want to bring success to other people's businesses. And you know. Cliff, you and I have, you know, you've been in business by, by yourself or for yourself a lot longer than I have. So I, you know, I've learned a lot from you and I'm, and I'm trying to emulate a lot of stuff you've done. Uh, and I guess I just want to encourage people that, you know, I've, I've, I have a couple of digital products now, one that'll be out probably by Monday next week, but one is already out. And, you know, it's just a simple master your Gmail uh, product for $59. And the whole idea is that you can save, you know, the people I've talked to that have that purchased it or seen it. I said, you know, they save 30 to 45 minutes every day in their email, uh, you know, work workflow because of this tutorial. And, you know, you take 30 minutes a day, you know, the whole idea is that I'm going to save people time, so it's worth the money. But my encouragement to people is that as I create these products, that it's just, it's a lot easier than you think. Uh, you know, the, the obstacles are mostly in your head. You know, the technology I use is a combination of ScreenFlow, which is 99 bucks. E-Junkie, which is, you know, you know, 18 bucks a month, something like that, 10 bucks a month. 
PayPal, which is going to take a little bit of a percentage, uh, Vimeo, which is 60 bucks a year, uh, and then WordPress, which is free. So you, know, you add those up, it doesn't take long if you price your items well enough to make it worth it. And you know, I just, Cliff, I talk to a lot more people that are thinking about doing products than have done products. And, and I'm not trying to rip on them for dreaming and stuff like that, but it just doesn't have to be a dream that long. It's not, most of the people that have products are not smarter than those who don't. It's just they got around to making them. So, you know, I did another class today uh, for Free Agent Academy, which I'll turn into a product, which is, you know, how to create custom email signatures. You know, just a small little thing. It was only like a 30-minute class, but that'll be a product. Right. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage people Get beyond the excuses. We, we want to equip you. You know, that's why we're business tech. We, we want to give you the tech, but also just know that, you know, we're just normal guys and we've, we've used the technology to create products. And so that's what we're here to help you give yourself permission to do on a technical side, but also on a personal side for your business. And it is fun. It's fun to go, hey, I just got money. I didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, you set it up and forget it. So yeah. I don't have an iPhone that goes cha-ching or anything like that, but I still get an email that says I got money. So same result. Yeah. Nation in the chat room says, uh, is what you're doing against the Vimeo terms of service? Odds are the answer is yes, but they tend to not enforce it unless you've made it big. Um, so I, I will tell you, I, I've certainly heard many people uh, suggest the same issues about the terms of service with Vimeo. Uh, I would encourage you if you're using Vimeo and you're doing anything like this, um, that you go into your settings of your video, make sure that you make it market completely private uh, and and so that it definitely will not ever show up on any website at all, any of the Vimeo channels or anything like that. Uh, So make sure that it's not publicly viewed available anywhere. And then I also would suggest that you go in and set it to where it can only be embedded or played on a specific domain and then, of course, use your domain. And then uh, you want to protect that video behind a password-protected page so that nobody can randomly just come to see that you have a Vimeo video. So, Yeah, the, the title you don't want the title to be searchable. Nothing. You don't want it to be on Vimeo. And those are all separate settings. So if you ever go into the paid version, the plus version of Vimeo, then you'll know what we're talking about. But, yeah, yeah those are all really good practical tips, Cliff. Yeah, and, and I use Vimeo, and I certainly have been have had a lot of people who have told me about the terms of service. And um, so far, you know, I haven't had an issue. Uh, obviously, I'm sitting here talking about it in a very public place, although, you know, this episode after this public airing, I mean, unless one of the either 29 people in the chat room or 49 people viewing on v- Ustream goes and reports me to Vimeo, I think I'm going to be okay. Uh, and worst case scenario, uh, they shut me down and I have my virtual assistant go in and re-encode my stuff to another service and uh, yeah. I'm back up and running within you know two days. Yeah. But, yep. I, but the thing is, is I've tried some other services, just don't like them. Just yeah. don't. Yeah. So, all righty. Uh, let's move forward. Uh, let's see here. Who we sound a lot alike. What's this about? Well, have you ever heard of Internet Business Mastery? Have you ever listened to those guys? Uh, yeah. Jason Van Orden is a good friend of mine. That's right. Yeah. I, you know, I was listening to their show. I, honestly, Cliff, I listen to you know zero podcasts, maybe two podcasts a week. I, yeah. just, I, I don't travel like more than 10 minutes anywhere. So I just, you know, I don't, I don't walk right now. So it's like, I just don't. I don't have a space to listen to them. I haven't created a space. But on this trip, I was like to listen to them because I was driving a lot, and I thought it was so interesting that that listening to these guys talk, 
because I haven't listened to them in so long, um, to listen to them in the position I'm in now and you're in is we just have a lot in common with those guys. And I think the thing we have most in common is two things. One is that our goal is we share the goal with those guys is we really want to help people. That's, that's the purpose of our business is we want to help people and make money doing it. Uh, but the other one is they're just normal guys. And that might sound silly to say that, but you know, like what's not a normal guy? Well, I think not a normal guy is you know, someone that you know, thinks too highly of themselves or you think I could never do that or they're a genius or whatever. You know, they're just normal guys and they talk about their personal life. And they talk about you know, uh, what special shakes they drink in the morning to feel better and how they work out, things like that. As a mix, as a part of their business, uh, they're very well-rounded in that way. And I just felt like listening to Internet Business Mastery is, you know, it reminded me a lot of our show, frankly. Those guys reminded me a lot of us. Now, I know those guys make a lot more money than me, but I don't think about the fact that they'll always make more money than me because they're just normal guys who have created systems and they're doing a great job helping other people succeed, which makes them succeed. Yeah. So I met, uh, that's that's what made, reminded me of them. I met Jason Van Orden... Uh, Gosh, several years ago at PodCamp Boston too, and I had already been listening to his podcast and and uh, shared with him some of my passions of where I was hoping to go. This was right when I was I had not yet quit my career in insurance. I was just getting oh, really? ready to. I had made the decision. I was in I was in that transition phase from from I had already given my ninety day notice, and uh, he sat down and, and and had a talk with me and, and shared with me some of the stuff that he's been doing. And I was like, you know, how much do you charge for this? And he says, well, I charge this. And, and, uh, and I immediately went and raised my rates and I was like, ah, they do pay it. And, uh, and, and since then I'll tell you what's cool is, uh, Jason Van Orden used to be the premier, uh, podcast consultant. Now he's moved on and doesn't necessarily focus on that area anymore. And what's amazing is Jason actually refers a ton of business to me. Uh, awesome. and, in fact, I worked with three clients this week that uh, so far that were uh, that are all referrals from Jason Van Orden. So yeah, Jason's a great guy. I do I, I do like the podcast. If you like this podcast, go check out Internet Business Mastery and uh, Jason and Sterling. Or, well, he goes by Jay there, but his name's Jason. Jay, Jay and Stir Sterling. Uh, yeah. do a great podcast together and uh, I, it's one that I'm subscribed to and I do enjoy the stuff that they do. Yeah, they're, uh, <laughs> it got me thinking about our production because their lead-ins are so big, you know, and now for the feature, you know, it's like, it's huge. Mm-hmm. I just had to fast forward because they take a little too long, but right. I like our lead-ins more is what I'm saying, Cliff, so good job. Very cool. Well, hey, let's turn to some feedback. And then uh, I have an application that I want to share for my iPhone that I, I found for my business purposes. So the yeah. first first thing I want to do is uh, share with you some feedback that we got from Jeremiah. Actually, wait, no. Jeremiah is going to be next because that's going to lead us into a conversation. So before we do that, let's just get some feedback and the comments on something we talked about previously from Scott Priestley. Hey, Cliff and Andy, this is Scott Priestley calling from Lionshare Software. I'm listening to episode number 38 of Business Tech Weekly, and you're having a little bit of a discussion about um, supply and demand and value and pricing. And one of the, one of the uh, people in the chat room mentioned uh, it was a supply and demand thing, and Cliff, uh, Cliff begged to differ that it wasn't a supply and demand of the market, but more a supply of the resource, which is uh, himself, Cliff. Um, and I would, I would agree with that, um, but I would take it one step further. 
it's not just the supply of the information that Clip has to give, but it's actually the value of the collected experiences and collective experience that Cliff has to offer that makes his value greater than or less than a competitor. So quite simply, from a pricing standpoint, it's about the value of the collective experience that you can offer, um, just like that professor who recommended the $45,000 uh, paint solution. Uh, it was his experience with similar chemicals and with similar options that was the real value. Uh, anyhow, guys, that was my feedback. I uh, wanted to give you a call. I hope everything is uh, going well, and, and I appreciate the shows you guys put out. Take care. Bye-bye. I totally agree with him. Uh, it's the collective experiences, I think, that, that brings us our most value. And uh, I was listening to Dan Miller's podcast once again, and uh, I love every time he brings this point up, he says, listen, you know, he's talking about becoming an expert in an industry and he says, really, what does it take to become an expert in a field? And it's just, you know, read three or four books on a topic uh. and you already know more than so many other people. And it's that collective experience of, of how much are you, how much time are you focused in an area of expertise? You know, yeah. how, how much, yeah. how much time are you devoting to working in that field? And that's really what brings us the value. And it's one of the best pieces of advice I has ever given when I first started my business. And if anybody's out there thinking about starting a business, my suggestion is to you, focus, focus, focus. Be known for one thing. I, I am known. Matter of fact, I've actually even got to the point where now I'm not just known for podcast consulting. I'm known for audio podcast consulting. And I'm not just known for uh -huh. audio podcast consulting. I'm known for high audio quality podcast consulting. Absolutely. And I'm known for engaging with audiences. Uh, that, that is, that is what I'm known for. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, I, it cracks me up every single time I, I get a call from my parents insurance agency and they say, Hey, we need, a, we've got a problem. We're having a trouble figuring this out and this out and this out. And I remember when I first started my business, I was thinking, thinking, you know, my business model is going to be, you know, it's going to be 30% uh, content production, 30% podcast consulting, and then 30% general tech. I was going to help people with their websites. I was going to help people with their, with, with, you know, um, you know, issues with their, their computers. You know, if they get a virus, I was going to help people with this or that. And it's like, that just sounds miserable to me. It does. It does sound miserable. And then all of a sudden I had somebody says, Cliff, no, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. And, and it was the best advice I ever got. And now get this, my, my, my family's insurance agency, when they need help, yeah, I go up and help them. But guess what? Do I invoice them for it anymore? <laughs> no, because I don't, I don't want them to pay. I don't want them to pay for it because I don't want them to expect to call me every time they need help. It's like, listen, you know what? I'll come up and I'll help you out. Uh, but, and, and the other thing I've learned is like, <laughs> I don't even call them right back. It's like, hey, Cliff, I need your help. And it's like, that's great. I'll tell you what. I'll see if I can get in there this afternoon to help you out. And then right. I, I call them before I go. It's like, oh, don't worry. I called the company and they walked me through it. And I'm like, <laughs> thank you. But yeah, yeah. That, that was the best thing that I ever learned is like, listen, you know, you need to focus. And by focusing on podcasting and podcasting alone, I've become, uh, you know, well, um, I haven't read the book yet. It is by Malcolm Gladwell outliers and it talks about the law of 10,000 hours now i haven't read the book i've got it but i haven't read it yet and uh 
And but but somebody asked me, hey, man, have you heard about the law of ten thousand hours? And and I said no. And they and they said, well, it's this concept. And they sent me an excerpt of the book, and then I read some Wikipedia articles on this hour. And it's like, you know what? I have more than ten thousand hours devoted to podcasting and new media. Definitely, I have more than ten thousand. And and that, my friends, I, if I haven't read the book Outliers, but I can't wait to read it now, so I can actually see see exactly what it talks about. Somebody who's focused on one specific niche for more than ten thousand hours. Yeah, and I guess another encouragement to folks as they hear that. Because, you know, when I started off my business a year ago, I think I, I know I had different focuses than I do now. And as much as I, I encourage people, like you said, to focus, 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 you know, if it's, you know, I don't think you're smart if you just keep going down the wrong road for the sake of, you know, hey, I'm not a quitter. Sometimes you should quit, <laughs> you know. So I also want to encourage people, if you get into something and you realize, wow, this is not the direction I want to go then stop and, you know, find something that you are truly passionate about. You know, you and I hear a lot of the same questions of, you know, what should I do if I just can't come up with content? Well, then that's not your, that's not your passion because, you know, obviously if you were passionate about it, you would have not enough room on the page to put content. So the point being, make sure that you do find a focus and you stick with it, but don't be afraid to switch gears. I.e., you know, I'm launching uh, doityourselfwordpress.com which is going to be for people who want to build their own WordPress sites. And on the other side, I'm doing social media consulting. Very, very different focuses for me right now. And I, you know, one will shake out over the other, likely over time. But at the same time, it, right now, I enjoy them both very much. And you know, I, don't, I don't want people to hear that they have to do one thing and stick with it forever and ever and ever if they get a new passion. What I worry about is people who, like, every three months – or like, no, I'm passionate about this, now I'm passionate about that, now I'm passionate about this. It's like, I, I'm going to call that the Google Buzz Syndrome. You know, it's like, just because it came out, everybody was excited about it, but it flopped. You know, you have to, you have to, that's why I love Dan Miller's process, is it's the job search is more about who you are than what you do. Uh, what you do will come out of who you are, and I know you and I have both, um, you know, been recipients of that process, and it's worked out for both of us. Absolutely. Well, let's turn to one more piece of audio feedback, and this is coming in from Jeremiah. Jeremiah, take it away. Hello, Cliff. Hello, Andy. This is a uh, message for the Business Tech Weekly podcast. Um, this is uh, Jeremiah Panhorst from uh, from Missouri, a very proud uh, PLUS member. And uh, I had a question that just came to my mind that I thought would be perfect for the Business Tech Weekly podcast, which, by the way, I love you guys. You're doing a great job. And this is in regards to Twitter. I am currently now... Uh, I've been involved with a, uh, a local uh, ministry here in the St. Louis area for quite a long time, and recently I have taken over the uh, duties of running our social uh, network uh, sites. Um, they currently they had, had had a Facebook group page um, and have had it for a while, and I think they have a, about 351 members at the, currently at the time. Um, and that's pretty easy and self-explanatory to run, and we get pretty good, you know, decent response from it. I'm still trying to, you know, work on ways to, to build it uh, up a little bit bigger. But the question is, is um, this ministry, uh, to make a, make a long story short, is for um, 
a local event that we do here. It's called Christian Family Day. You can visit the website, christianfamilyday.com. And essentially what we do is we, we use professional sports uh, events uh, to share the gospel. And uh, we have a strong emphasis on kids, and we bring uh, at-risk kids to these events and things like that. Well, being as an organization, just like a business, the question is, is, is Twitter a good platform for a um, – a faith-based type organization. I know it works pretty well with a lot of businesses, uh, but can I really make it worthwhile? I, I started a Twitter page, and uh, recently uh, we have a mailing list, and I've mentioned uh, the Twitter page many times in my mailing list, and I haven't had one response uh, from uh, from the from the people from that list. So I'm just kind of curious on what your guys' opinions are. Is Twitter good for uh, things like? Um, um, you know, ministries uh, and such. Uh, is it good for all ministries, or do you feel that maybe some ministries it may just not work? Uh, in this case, maybe a lot of our followers are a little bit older people that aren't really hip, hip into Twitter. Uh, Twitter does seem to be something more popular with the younger folks. So is it possible that I'm wasting my time trying to run a Twitter page, or do you think that uh, Twitter works well for just about every organization? Okay, well, listen, I know I rambled a little bit too long, um, but uh, hopefully you get uh, the gist of my question. And uh, I look forward to hearing your response, and keep up the great work. You guys do a great job. And, again, this is Jeremiah from Missouri. Take care, everyone. Bye. Jeremiah, thank you for calling in. And the first thing I want to say is I think Twitter can be a valuable resource to any organization or any individual but only when you have a strategy for doing for using it. Yeah, it, it's uh, I, let me let me answer this question with this: Twitter can be a tremendous waste of time. It can it can be. You can totally, you know, you can produce tweets that go nowhere, that no one reads, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, it, it's. Yeah, I think you have to know your audience. Uh, I think you've got to know your product, and you've got to know how to use Twitter to connect all those things. And that's like you just said, Cliff, it comes down to strategy. And if you think just because you're saying something, someone's listening, you're wrong. You know, there's, it reminds me of uh, records. uh, It's funny I said records because most kids don't know what records are, but, you know, of, of music that is produced, a vast majority of music that is produced. Uh, you know, and shipped does not sell more than 5,000 copies, you know, but we hear about huge ones that sell millions. The point is there's a lot more people on Twitter, I think, that, that and businesses that don't get traffic than those who do because they think just by being there, they're going to win, but there's too much noise. And so I think, Cliff, you do a good job of this. You actually teach people how to communicate with you. Yep. And I think that's one thing that you know, if I could give some some real practical encouragement, and Jeremiah, by all means, reach out to to me personally if you want to talk about this some more. But uh, you know, I think that you can train your 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 group to say, "Hey, we use Twitter." You know, if you happen to use Twitter, then this is you know this is a great way to communicate with us. But if his if he's trying to communicate with fifty year old and older people, I don't think that Twitter would be a great place for him to to go. I would focus him more on people's email inboxes because or, I think people face- are already there. Or Facebook even. Or Facebook. Absolutely. The fastest growing population on Facebook is women over 50. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a great 
place to go, and then you could use some of those resources he's putting into Twitter and put them over towards Facebook or, or you know, e-newsletter campaigns. But, you know, he's right to ask the question, and I agree with you, Cliff, that a lot of businesses could use it if they were more strategic about how to use it. But, uh, you know, do you agree that most businesses don't have a strategy? Oh, I agree that most businesses don't have a strategy. They just get out there and say, you know, hey, I heard I need to have one of these. And they go out there and they just throw some stuff out there and they have no clue as to why. They have no reason. They have, they have no, well, they have no strategy as to what this is supposed to do. They just actually say, you know what, I just heard I need to go out there and tweet and I need to just start saying stuff. And, and uh, they, they don't take the time to learn what to say and why this is valuable. And, and, and I mean, the fact is, is that Twitter and Facebook, in my world, in my mind, they are two different worlds. Uh, right. completely different worlds. Um, I do not interact with people the same way on Twitter that I do Facebook. Uh, Twitter is a, has more of a personal feel and Facebook is a little bit different. But that, and again, even that has a lot to do with the strategy that I use those tools for. And I, and I think that you really need to take some time to, to understand what these services are. Um, of course, the other thing I will say to Jeremiah, and I know he listens to it, but uh, Social Media Serenity would be another podcast to, to really go back to the first episodes and, and follow all the way through. I mean, there's so much that we've talked about in that particular show that just really clearly lays down the understanding of the value that Twitter has. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just glad to know that you're thinking about it and you're not just br- blindly just thinking about just tossing stuff out there. Right. It, it is discouraging when, you know, you try to get retweeted, no one retweets. So you try to, Ask a question and no one answers, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but and, and I, I'll tell you the biggest thing about Twitter is is your own engagement. You know, uh, one of the, the the phrase that he asked the question that you asked the question, Jeremiah, is that you know running a running a Twitter page. It, this is not this is not the phrase that I would even use in in interacting with Twitter. It, it's should I, you know is it a waste of time for me to. Uh, to invest my time and energy in communicating and building relationships with people on Twitter. Yeah. See, that's a that's a whole different thing than running a fan page. It, yeah. In my mind, when you when you when you use Twitter and you're you're using it effectively, this is investing time, effort, energy in building relationships with people through the medium of Twitter. And then once you actually get the understanding that this is actually about investing time and energy and building relationships, then you have to say, okay, but what's the strategy? What do I want to happen as a result of this? Uh-huh. Yeah. And just showing up, you know, I said, a lot of people say just showing up is 90% of the battle. Not true in Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> There's way too many people in the room yeah. just showing up, you know, will not help that much. But I, I can just tell you without a doubt that if your target market is that 50 year old plus, you know, people like my dad, that he does check his email every day religiously. And so, you know, by all means, if you can be there and still when you're there, you still have to have a strategy when you're there. So, you know, if you have follow up questions, let us know. Reach out to me personally if you want. Uh, but, you know, it's not that your message is bad, it's just maybe you're speaking it in a place that, people aren't there to listen right. and you know, it's okay to not use Twitter. You know, you have permission oh, to yeah. not use the latest and greatest, but uh, you know, there's no excuse to not communicate with your folks. Uh, and, and it's good that you're asking the question because it means that you want to use your resources and your, your energy in a, in a, in a judicious way. 
Absolutely. And and Jeremy, if we did not fully answer your question, please feel free to call in additional follow-up questions. We'd love to hear from you. 859-795-4067. Andy, I want to uh, wrap things up here with our app reviews. Uh, you know, we, we talk about business. We talk about our own personal journeys. And I love that. I love getting the feedback. And I hope more and more people will continue to call us with their voicemail questions and comments related to anything that we've said or have not yet said, give us a call, 859-795-4067. I always love technology, though, and uh, this week I do want to uh, share with you an iPhone application that I purchased, and I am not sure of the cost of it, but uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was like $1.99. Definitely worth it. If you have an iPhone uh, 3GS... Or an iPhone 4. If you have an iPhone 3, I don't really think it's worth it. But if you have an iPhone 3GS or an iPhone 4, I want to tell you about Jot Not Pro. That's J-O-T-N-O-T-P-R-O. Now, I think they have a light version of this. Um, but let me tell you what this does. You can actually set a full 8.5 by 11 document. I assume you could probably do letter size as well. I haven't tried one of those yet. But you can actually put this document, lay it down on the table, and use the phone, the camera on your phone to actually take a photo of that document. Uh-huh. And it will actually automatically tell the size of the document, and it will snap the grid to cut off. Like if you take a picture and there's a little bit of the background of the table, it'll crop the actual document and turns it into an image that you can actually then send to somebody as a JPEG, as a PDF document, as and there's a bunch of other options. I didn't even look at the other ones, but JPEGs and PDF documents are the ones that I look at most. If I have multiple pages that need to be quote-unquote scanned, uh, I can scan most uh, multiple pages into a single document and, and again, send that out as a, as a PDF. So oftentimes, I will still have somebody who says, hey, can you t- print out this contract, sign it, and get it back to me? Well, huh. guess what? I don't have to go over to the other side of my studio anymore and do the scanner. I can actually just sign the document and take pictures of it with my iPhone JotNot Pro application. And I will tell you, it looks just as good as any fax ever would. And uh, it's pretty cool. I like it. Wow. So you're going to get rid of your fax line? Uh, well, no. I still Basically, <laughs> what happens is there are still some people who want me to fax things. But here's the thing. I could... I, and I actually... I don't have a quote-unquote fax line. I have myfax.com. Don't, don't forget that. That's right. So basically, what, I'll, what I can do is I can actually... From my iPhone, I can actually... I can scan, use it to take pictures or to quote-unquote scan a document that I have, have initialed every page and signed the last page. I can then send, uh, hit send. It will send it as a PDF document. And then I can actually do, you know, whatever the phone number is at myfax.com. And then knowing it's coming from my email address, it knows my account and it will actually fax that to their fax machine. Wow. Right. For, I can send a fax right from my iPhone now. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And not only that, but you know, we've been talking a lot. We, we, we both use CheckWriter, right? Heck yeah. Uh, just recently, I've had a lot of clients who say, you know what? I have no problem paying you with my check information and stuff like that. How about, would you mind if I send you a physical check and then you just keep the information on file? 
And I'm like, that's fine. And so now whenever a client sends me a check and I know in the future they're going to let me do the check, the, the check writer, what I do is I go in and I use my, my scanner software and I take a picture of the check and I then just send that to myself as a JPEG image and I attach that to their file in high rise. There you go. And anytime I need to go and print a check from them in the future, I've got a very high quality photo uh, or quote-unquote scan, if you will, of their routing number and, and fraction code and all that other stuff off the check that I'll need in the future. Yeah, and a lot of this stuff sounds, you know, if, if that was confusing, listen to it back again. But once that becomes part of your workflow, it just simplifies things so much. You're <sighs> using less devices. Yeah. You're using less services, you know. And that's the idea of, of you know, I only add new tools now if they supplement or work with, other ones, you know, a lot of API issues where you can have one service work with the other. And I, I just, I love that. I love that high-rise works with MailChimp and so on and so forth. So that's that's the goal here is not the latest and greatest tools for the sake of latest, greatest, but that use the tools that talk to each other. That That's and making you more productive and save you time. That's the goal. Yeah. Hey, one other thing. Did I ever tell you about what I'm doing with voice memos in high-rise now? Um, I know you're attaching them to high rise. Yeah. Okay. So I've already talked about that in the past. After, yeah, after, yeah. Oh man, it is so awesome. There's nothing like that. I, I, I get on, I sit, I schedule a buffer in between 30 minutes before every consulting call and I go into my, my consulting clients information and I listen to all the previous, you know, the most recent previous, uh, voice memos that I recorded on my iPhone and I'm able to be caught right up to exactly where we left off the last time we worked, even tell, if that was a month and a half ago. Tell me again, though, when you create the voice memo, what are you sending it to that attaches to their profile? Okay, so, so this well, this all comes down to an iPhone again. Uh, High Rise has an official oh, that's high, right. that's High Rise right. yeah. application for the iPhone. Right. And, uh, and if you have an iPod Touch, it should work there as well. Or if you have an iPad, which, by right. the way, you have an iPad, so this would work for you. So basically, you just open up the high-rise application on your iPad, ser- yep. search for your client, and, ev- and immediately it will show you the most recent notes, but it's also got their contact information, and there's a little button for voice memo. You gotcha. click that, and you say, hey, I just got off the phone w- uh, with a two-hour consulting call with John, and, and we talked about this, and we did this, this, and this. He's going to call me in a couple weeks when he's actually accomplished this, this, and this. And during the next call, the three things that we must cover are this, this, and this. And yeah. then I and then I hit stop. And I don't have to do anything else. Immediately it attaches that voice memo to my high rise account. Yeah. For him. And you told me about this before, Cliff, but I couldn't use it because all I had was an iPod touch and it didn't have the mic on it. Oh, well, now you have the iPad. It will work perfect. Matter of fact, I, st- I started out w- doing this with my iPad, but now that I have my iPhone 4, I actually just do it on the iPhone 4. Um, but yeah, it'll wor- it works perfect on your iPad, by the way. Beauty. Dude, Looking forward to using that. Thank this, you. this is amazing. It saves me so much time because I can't tell you the number of times I've gotten onto a client call and I'm like, okay, so remind me, what are we trying to do today? Yeah, yeah. And I hate that. And, yeah. and I'll tell you what, these, every time I get off of a consulting call, doesn't matter how short, how brief, how long, I always do a, a little quick little 30 second to two minute follow up of just recording a note to myself exactly what I just did. Beauty. I like it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm just going to cover one app real quick. Yep. And it's for folks that, 
this is not an app that's really useful, I think, if you're around a Wi-Fi signal a lot. But I have been to a couple places and I've been very frustrated that they say they have a Wi-Fi signal and it's either dreadfully slow or they just don't. You know, it's a new place that opened here in town and like, we have Wi-Fi and I've been five times and they don't have Wi-Fi so I'm not going anymore until they get it fixed. But it's Instapaper and a lot of people maybe have used Instapaper before but I think Instapaper is bad if you are just delaying, you know, if you're not going to get around to reading your articles. But there are many times that I go to an article, mostly it's I, I, I search a Twitter message uh, and I see, okay, Cliff linked to an article. I'm going to go to that article. I'm not going to read it right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for my reading time. So I can create these little uh, bookmarks, or I think they're called applets, in, in, my, uh, in my bookmark bar. Just like the Hootlet, yeah. But uh, I it's for different folders. So I have one called personal, one called social media strategy, and one called for client. And depending on what kind of article it is, I just click on that. I go to the article page, and then I click on let's say social media strategy, and it automatically adds it to my Instapaper account and my reading list. So next time I open up uh, my Instapaper, it's got the article in a in a text format. Uh, you know, so it's, it doesn't take up a lot of space on the iPad, but it's great for me because I just am not around a Wi-Fi signal all the time. But sometimes, you know, I'm I'm somewhere and I want I don't want to read a book. I want to read more short articles, and so I use Instapaper for that. It's free, and uh, the Instapaper Pro that I bought, I think, it was like five dollars for the iPad. But for offline reading of articles, if you're not around a Wi-Fi signal, um, you know, I find it to be quite helpful. And then you could also, you know, use the same bookmarking within your iPad um, you know, browser as well if you want to save things for, for reading later on your Instapaper. Absolutely. I, I, I use uh, Instapaper quite often and I do love using the Instapaper application because I can sync that before I leave a Wi-Fi place and then I, yeah. if I know I'm going to some place that doesn't have Wi-Fi. In fact, I'm one of those people, Andy, that, that to be honest with you, I send a ton of stuff to Instapaper that I probably won't get around to reading it for weeks and weeks and weeks later. But right. if it's something that I eventually, if I ever have time and I, you know, I'm, I'm in a place where I can read something, that's where I'm going to read it. There are a couple benefits here. Number one is, you know, when I'm not available and to a, with a Wi-Fi signal, I've got tons of stuff I can read, uh, things that I know are interesting to me and that I eventually wanted to get around to anyway. So I know it's going to be there waiting for me. So I like that. The other huge benefit of Instapaper is the fact that it makes reading articles prettier. Uh, yeah, and yeah, simplifies it. Yeah, it makes it look more like a newspaper, uh, and and it and it's very clear, and it wipes away all the advertisement and all the other junk and clutter that usually are blinking and flashing all over the place. It is really a pleasurable uh, experience, and so I I'm a huge fan of Instapaper. And for those of you who don't have an iPhone, the ju- the good news here is that you can use Instapaper. Uh, just the website, just to keep as a bookmark oh, for sure. stuff you want to read later. And uh, it's an absolutely free service. But uh, on the iPad, I do love the Instapaper application. Yeah, it's it's a great app. I didn't even mention that. I mean, as a, as an app itself, it's it's very clean. And obviously on the iPad, it looks beautiful. So uh, I like it. Absolutely. Well, my friends, that again is yet another full episode of Business Tech Weekly. We are so thankful that you guys find it interesting enough to hear what's going on 
in our journey in running a small to medium sized business. Actually, we're both small businesses. Let's <laughs> let's be real about that. But uh, we know that medium sized business owners get a lot of value out of hearing some of the things that we share here. And uh, we want you to know we get a lot of value out of your questions and comments and feedback that you call in to our show. You can dial us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The phone number is 859-795-4067. In fact, why don't you pull up your contact list right now? You know you've been meaning to do this for the last couple weeks, but why don't you just stop what you're doing right now, open up your contact list, add an entry for Business Tech Weekly, and then put in the phone number 859-795-4067. 859-795-4067. Give us a call every single week if you want to. We love hearing from you. Until next time, everybody, we encourage you to join the community.